Today's reading is taken from 1 Corinthians, uh, chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. Now, about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now, to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he gives them to each one, just as he determines. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts. And though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one Spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. This is the word of the Lord. Matthew, if you can keep your Bibles open to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we'll uh, continue our series on gospel changes. Next week, it'll be the final uh, one of this series. Um, we're, we've been going through well, the basis for change, why we must change for the gospel, or how God changes us around the gospel. But uh, let's pray as we come to this text that God will speak to us. Lord, we thank you so much that you are a speaking God. Um, we thank you that you have spoken and the world uh, came into existence. We thank you that your Son is the Word of God. And we pray that as we uh, think about what you have done, as we recall what you have done, as we go, come through this text um, and, and hear you speaking, we pray that you will, uh, your words will come alive, um, that it will speak to each one of us. Help us to uh, be people uh, in a church um, that really lives for you and not for our petty desires. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm not sure how it works in Hong Kong, but in the U.S., in my high school, there were three different tracks um, for different students. So there was the regular track, and then there was the more, it was called advanced track. And for those who were identified as the brightest went to a track called gifted and talented. Gifted and talented. I wonder if you ever think of yourself as gifted and talented. I think if I asked you, are you gifted and talented? I'm sure the Asian humility dictates that you would say, no, I'm not gifted and talented. Of course not, of course not. 
But here's what God says through Paul. You are all gifted and talented. If you take a look at at the Bible, look at verse 3. Paul says there, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit. Everyone who follows Jesus has the Holy Spirit. Everybody who confesses Jesus, uh, 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 Jesus as their Lord and follow him as their Lord has the Holy Spirit. They can only do so by the power of the Holy Spirit. You're gifted with the Holy Spirit. And it, it, he makes it even clearer in verse 13. It says, For we were all baptized by one Spirit as to form one body, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free, and we were all given one Spirit to drink. We're all baptized by one Spirit to form one body. We're all given one Spirit to drink. We all have the Holy Spirit. And that we have the Holy Spirit means that we're also gifted that God has given us a spiritual gift to each one of us. He doesn't just come. He brings a spiritual gift uh, to each one of us. And I hope you caught the every everyone language here in this text in chapter 12. It's not the special some who have been set aside. It's actually everyone who calls on Jesus not only has the spirit, but has a spiritual gift. Take a look at verse 6. It says, there are all kinds of working, but in all of them, in everyone... It is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And he says it again in verse 11, that he distributes them to each one, just as he determines. See, everyone who follows Jesus has a gift from the Spirit. You are all gifted and talented. And there is a great list, uh, starting in verse 8, a list of spiritual gifts. Paul talks about gift of uh, wisdom. Uh, uh, which uh, we, we see many examples of in the in the Bible. God, for example, gave a gift, a gift of wisdom to Solomon. He was able to see the situation and determine what the best way forward uh, was. Some have the gift of knowledge. Peter knew supernaturally that Ananias and Sapphira didn't give all their money, uh, even though they said that they did. Jesus knew, for example, uh, that the, the woman at the well, the, the Samaritan woman at the well in, in John 4, um, had, had been married five times before and now living with her boyfriend. He knew that. Gift of knowledge. And I'm sure some of you have, have had a similar experience, people knowing something that you really didn't tell anyone. Paul talks of gift of faith. And those who are gift, uh, who have, who, who have this faith, um, uh, uh, possess this immovable conviction that the word of God is true, that God's will will be done, even though everything seems to go against it. They have this faith that seems supernatural. It might be for a time, or it might be for lifetime, but gift of faith is there. And they're gifts of healings, and we've heard one of today. Uh, it doesn't mean just, it's not focused on the healer. Uh, it's just gifts of healings, uh, literally. God heals even today. There are many of you who have seen these healings or have witnessed these things or have, have, have experienced them yourself. But not only healings, but God does extraordinary miracles. God also gives people a gift of discernment, being able to discern whether it is from God. Some things are from God or, for, or for, from the evil spirit. Paul also mentioned the gift of tongue here. Sometimes it's speaking in a different language and being able to communicate in a way that you, you didn't know that you could before. But other times it's a language that we don't actually know. It's, it might not be human language. But then sometimes God provides gift of interpretation so that not only you could benefit from it, but the whole body could benefit from the message being interpreted. 
gift of prophecy sometimes might be about specific knowledge of the future, but most of the times I think it's closely related to the gift of teaching, teaching God's word faithfully and, and seeing uh, the, the, con- the, uh, the application and the consequences of obeying or disobeying God's word. Even Isaiah's ministry that talks a lot about Jesus's, uh, Jesus, the, the future coming, actually Isaiah's ministry revolved mostly around telling of what God had already revealed in the scripture. And so Paul mentions these nine gifts. But spiritual gifts aren't limited to these nine. In Romans 12, for example, Paul adds few other gifts, not as exciting as the other ones, but gifts like gift of administration, gift of teaching, gift of encouraging, gift of generosity, gift of uh, leadership. Ephesians 4 talks about how different giftings and how God had placed some people and set them apart for different tasks. Some are evangelists, some are teachers, some are prophets. Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, gift of celibacy, how some have these gifts. These lists are all different because Paul doesn't have a rigid uh, list of spiritual gifts. I don't think that's how he meant uh, for these uh, things to be. He he was just listing gifts that could help the body that God has given to each one of you. And I'm sure there are many other gifts that Paul doesn't mention that are spiritual gifts here that we use in this body. For example, if you have an artistic talent that you might want to use for God, that talent is from the Spirit. If you love children um, and you are able to talk to children in a way that I can't, that's from God. There are people in this church who use their ability to sew and sew uh, things, the the banners um, that you see here. That's a gift they're using for the body. Technical skills like Sam and the PA team um, that use their technical skills, that's a spiritual gift that they uh, they have been given that they're using for the body. Some gifts are spectacular and some gifts seem ordinary. But the point is that they are all from God. And some gi- I don't think it's helpful to try to distinguish what's sort of supernatural gift and what's natural gift or cultivated gift when really in the end they all come from God. They come from God. You're probably asking then, what's my gift? Well, what are my gifts? How do I find out? Well, one way to find out is just to look inwardly and see what, has, what, what natural sort of gifts and passions has God given me? What do I get excited about? What do people say that I'm really good at? If God has given you an extraordinary passion or ability, that you have to take that seriously. And I'm sure if you can't think of it yourself, you ask the people who are close to you, and I'm sure they can point out a few things that you're really good at that God has given you. But also, don't make the mistake of thinking that you're limited to those things only. I thought I hated vegetables when I was little, but, you know, you eat more of them, and you think, oh, I actually like vegetables. That happens. You might think, I'm not gifted with working with children, but how do you know? Try it out. In the summer program, is a good time to try this out. Um, you only have to volunteer for one, one, one Sunday a week, um, one Sunday in, in the month. Try it out and see if you actually they, that there is a gift, that, uh, the, the, a new gift that God is giving you for this time. Can you really know without trying? How, do you, how, do you, how, do, how does someone know that they're uh, being called into the mission field? Well, they try out short-term mission trips, don't they? They go and see if the passion, the, 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 the passion that they think that God has given, uh, given them develops over these mission trips. How do you know that you're not good at leading, leading Bible studies? Ask your links leader, see if you can lead a Bible study and try it out and see how that goes. 
gift of hospitality. Try opening up your homes to Bible studies, to, um, uh, to new people, and see if you have the gift of hospitality. Try it out and cultivate those things. The point is that we are all gifted in one way or another, and we must start asking what our gifts are, what our talents are, what our passions are, and start cultivating them and start using them. But why? The reason why it's important that our gifts are being used um, is tied to the purpose of why God gave us these gifts. And Paul makes it very clear. The gifts aren't for ourselves, but gifts are for the church. It's not for our personal fulfillment, but it is for the common good. Take a look at verse 7. It's a very important verse. I think this is the key verse in this chapter. Verse 7, now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. This is, this is very important. The gifts are given for the common good. They're not given for individual glorification, but for the edification of the church to build others up. And I'm sure you've been tempted, or maybe you have used your gift for yourself, for personal fulfillment, for personal glorification. Maybe um, you've been tempted to join the music team, and you think, ah, that Jeff, Jeff was playing so passionately today, and you think, ah, maybe I should join the team because music team gets all the girls. <laughs> Some might have volunteered in a... I know that's not why Jeff joined the team or any others in that team, but... Some might have volunteered for small groups because they want to seem more wise and godly than, than, uh, than they actually are. Some might uh, give money in the church uh, to, ta- to be taken more seriously. There are people who, give, uh, to, who do ministry essentially for themselves. I know people who ve- wanted very much the opportunity to speak from the front but never want to uh, move chairs. People who want to join the, the committee but don't want to serve in the coffee team. Most of the times, this is because we misunderstand what our gifts are for. They aren't for self-fulfillment. They aren't for self-glorification. They're given to build up the church. So even more than trying to find a way to use our gifts, we ought to be asking, what could be helpful for the church? What could build up the church? Actually, that would change the, the, what, what gifts that we actually desire, what we search for from God, wouldn't it? What we ask for uh, from God. Paul actually talks about, about this in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and a couple of chapters later. So if you um, have your Bible, look at chapter 14. It says there in verse 1, it says, Eagerly desire spiritual gifts, but especially the gift of prophecy. The reason then he goes in verse 4 and 5, he who speaks in tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongue, but I would rather have you prophesy. I grew up in a a fairly charismatic church, and I remember being pressured to speak in tongue, and I was thinking, well, like I want to be a pastor. Maybe another gift would be better. And that's what he's saying. He's saying speaking intelligibly, speaking the gift of prophecy. If you have the gift of uh, teaching, you are able to teach others and build others up. But if you speak in gift of tongue, that might edify yourself. But actually, it's not very helpful for other people. So he says, you know, seek all spiritual gifts, but especially gift of prophecy here in this case. But seek gifts that would build up the church, that would be for the common good, is what Paul is asking. They're different, of course, many, many different gifts. 
um, that could build up the church, especially uh, depending on the situation of the church. What does the church need right now? Is that how we think? Is that the gifts that we ask for? Does the church come before our desire to use our gifts rather than having the starting point be, well, what, what are the gifts that I have and how do I use it? Maybe we should be asking ourselves, what does this body need? What does the church need? How can I build up this community? What kind of gifts would build up the church? And if the church needs more people who can teach children, maybe you should eagerly desire that gift. If it's more Bible study leaders, eagerly desire the gift of teaching. If it's hospitality, pray for that gift. If we need more volunteers in the morning and you just don't have the gift of waking up in the morning, ask for that gift so you are able to come early and help out. Seek gifts that are for the common good. You see, our lives are not, once again, about our fulfillment, but it is about Christ. It is about God's will being done in our lives. But, more importantly, that we, that we all have these gifts means that we have a role to play in the church. There are no passengers, but only participants in the church. The churches that say, sit back and relax, they misunderstand what the church is about. The church is not a show. It's a body where all individual members are contributing and working together for the common good. Of course, there are those who need a rest, those who are burnt out, and we must make room to take care of them, special care of them. But permanent rest really is not an option for the church. And if we don't use our gifts, we have to realize that actually we're not just missing an opportunity for us as individuals to grow, but for the church body to grow. It's the community's loss, whether big or small. Gifts, we all have responsibility to make a contribution. And that's why Paul in this chapter says we are the body. We are a body. Many parts make up one body, verse 12. The growth of the people around you depends on you exercising your gifts. So, I know that many of you are already doing this. I know that in Ashatin Church, the people who participate in different ministries, actually, I think it's unusually high compared to other churches. So thank you so much for uh, those who are already working so hard and actually already in many ways being stretched. And But if this is not... You don't think that's you. <laughs> Could I ask you, think about that. How do I use, what are my gifts? How can I use it for God's glory? How can I use it for the church? What does the church need? Start thinking. You know, we often think to ourselves, somebody ought to do something about this. But we don't go, well, that's me. If, but if, if it's not us, then who? I know many of you have ideas about how to improve the church. And, you know, I'm often overwhelmed with good ideas about how to improve the church. But actually... We need not only the good ideas, but people who are able to make those ideas into reality. If you know people who need um, in the church, who need encouragement, encourage them. If you need people who need financial, if you know people who need financial assistance, help them out. If you run into people who are not yet a Christian here, offer to meet up with them and see if you can help. We can't have a Rhoda mentality in our church. Rhodas are necessary. But true community does not revolve around a list of things to do. Um, don't think that you know, just because you've done your part in ushering or welcoming or whatever, that you're done. Can you imagine if you thought in your family, think you had Rhoda mentality in your family. You thought, well, I've taken out the, laund- I've, I've taken out the, the, the trash and I did the laundry, and so therefore my role in this family is done. 
What kind of family would that be? You can't put acts of kindness, love, self-sacrificial giving, time and energy. We can't put those things on a rota. We need to think ourselves of ourselves as one. We need to think of our gifts as uh, given to me to be shared with others. We need to think of our selfishness not as our own loss, but also loss of the community. But at this time, if you are thinking, why do we need to care about the church at all? Why do we uh, need to think about what we need to uh, contribute, how we can contribute to the church, when actually we're busy people with so many things on our plate? And Paul gives the answer, I think, in verse 12. Verse 12. Um, Yes, using our gifts helps the church to grow, but the church growth is really not the end. The end is Christ. This is what he writes in verse 12. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. I think if you read that line, you might miss this, but I think it's really interesting that he ends with, so it is with Christ. He doesn't say, just as, wa- uh, uh, just as a body is one, though one has many parts, but all its parts form one body, so it is with the church. That's not what he says. He ends with, so it is with Christ. Our gifts are given to the members of the church for the edification of the church, not because the church is its own end, but the end of the church, the purpose of church's existence is Christ, glorification of Christ. Because Christ is present here. The gifts are about Christ. The church is about Christ. The whole thing that we do in our lives is about Jesus. And here we're reminded once again of the importance of the church. You see, the church, for all its warts and faults, is the body of Christ here on earth. For the English community in Shatin area, in New Territories, Shatin Church is the body of Christ for them. One commentator puts it, well, we can't, um, he writes, it's important not to identify Christ with his, with his church, that we lose sight of his preeminence and transcendence. He says, that, well, we can't equate the church with Christ. The, Christ is bigger than that. Um, he, he transcends all of us, but it is also important to remember that we are still the body of Christ. It says, he continues to write, in order to accomplish his work on earth, Jesus had a body made of flesh and blood. In order to accomplish his work today, Jesus has a body that consists of living members. He came down 2,000 years ago to accomplish his mission in flesh and blood. He became a human being. And now, in order to continue his mission here now, he has us. He has a different body made up of you and me. That's why it's important that we exercise our gifts because our gifts are gifts of Christ. Our gifts are used to continue the work of Christ. And I hope that this does excite you. Our lives are usually about petty things, aren't they? When's my next promotion? When will I get my next gadget? Will my kids be able to go get into a good school? Uh, does my colleague respect me? Does that boy like me? Where will I go in my next holidays? It's about those things, usually. But you see, what this reminds us is that as, be, as we are part of this bigger body, and this, which is the body of Christ, that our lives and all that we do is about Christ. We are the body of Christ. We, the church, exist 
to continue His work here on earth. Our lives are about Him. Our church is about Him. And I hope you are excited. You're, 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 you're enthralled by the vision of your lives not being about yourselves, but about Jesus Christ and continuing His work here on earth, serving the King of kings, Lord of lords. Our gifts of teaching, prophesying, miracles, healing, administration, helping others, caring, cooking, patient, uh, the, the, the gifts of be- befriending people, hospitality, or cleaning, hoovering, answering phones, or whatever it is that you have, those gifts are about Jesus. It should be used to serve Jesus through this body out there, for the world that's out there. Whatever he's given you, it's, it should be about Jesus. And I hope you know that you have a role here in this church with us, with your gifts. Paul writes in verse 28, And in the church, God has appointed some to do this and, and that. God has appointed you. God has brought you to be part of this church, this body of Christ. And the question is, do you really believe this, that God has brought you here, that you have a gift that God has given you to be used, that God has placed you here in Shatin Church to make His great name known all over new territories, all over Hong Kong. This is not an individual's work. You singular are not the body of Christ. You plural, the we, the church, are the body of Christ. And what a privilege that is. And imagine what we could be. Imagine if we're all united, using our various gifts for the work of Christ, for the common purpose. We're often told that, um, that we use about 10% of our brain's power, and I think this is not true. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I think the modern science tells us this is not true, but I know that this is true for us. Most churches, most churches use only about 10%, maybe 20% of the gifts and power that God has given to this body. What would happen if we went to full strength? If every one of us realized what our giftings are, if every one of us put ourselves second to the common purpose of Christ and were united in everyone doing their part, what would happen? What would Shatin Church look? How would Shatin Church look different if that were to happen? And the good news is that we have the greatest news possible. We have the gospel, the news of God's unconditional love, uh, unconditional grace to those who would receive him. We have the greatest news. And the good news is that not only did the Son of God die and rise again to make that possible, he went to heaven and then he ascended into heaven. He sent his Holy Spirit to be with us. The Spirit is with us. And not only that, the new good news is that the Spirit who is with us has given us gifts God, God has made us who we are with this, our special talents and gifts. God has made us who we are. The good news is that God then has arranged all of us together to be in this body with these different talents, to work together because he thought it was good for you to be here for the sake of Shatin, for the sake of Hong Kong. And the good news is that the God who gave us himself God gave us, who, who gave us these gifts, are drawing us out of our selfish ambitions, self, the pettiness, and all the small things that we live our lives for, and saying, you, your lives are about me, that it is about me. That, that, that he's drawing us out 
to be the body of Christ here in Shatin. God is doing that, and that is great news. Let's pray together. Lord, we give you great thanks for your son, Jesus. We thank you that he came to be with us. He came to die for us. He rose again as the, as the King of kings, Lord of lords. And we thank you for sending us the Holy Spirit. We thank you so much for the gifts of the Spirit that he's given to each one of us and the people uh, that you have made for us to be. And we thank you that you have arranged this church to be your body for Shatin, for the English-speaking community in the new territories. Help us to be united for this common purpose. Help us to realize what that means to be the body of Christ. Help us to work together for your sake, for your namesake. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.